When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we're headed down the Columbia River, all the way to the Pacific Ocean to talk about the great North Oregon coast city of Astoria. Jamie, one of your favorites, I know. I love Astoria, Jim. I I go there several times a year. It's one of my favorite winter destinations on the coast. I just feel like, you know, between all there is to see in the natural landscape and all the great places to eat and drink and the museums that are there, in my mind, it's not just one of the best cities on the Oregon coast. I think it's one of the best cities in in Oregon generally for people to go travel to and check out. You know, I would like hit you with something right now, like, Ooh, what a hot take. Uh, but <laughs> not, not really. I mean, it's not really a hot take. I think that's just a, a pretty factual statement for anyone who enjoys spending time on the coast. And like you said, a particularly good kind of moody place, uh, to spend, mm-hmm maybe a fall or winter weekend. Uh, but Jamie, you you recently took a trip out to the coast for a story that essentially used Astoria as a, a little bit of a, a microcosm for what traveling is like during the coronavirus pandemic. Am I right on that? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I spent two nights in Astoria, um, walking around town, um, talking to some local business owners, um, and just generally getting a feel for what it was like to, you know, visit a town that I've visited a lot out, you know, before the pandemic, um, during this experience and seeing how things were different. And one of the things that I observed and that some of the locals told me, um, were that people who, who want to go visit Astoria right now just need to expect a different experience. You know, we're so used to doing all these things that we love, going into these restaurants, these breweries, going to these museums. And a lot of that, if not most of it, you can still do. But there's just, it's a different experience just being there, you know? So, I mean, of course, a lot of this is is pretty familiar to people who have been traveling or even just hanging around Portland. You have restaurants that are doing either takeout only or only have outdoor seating you know, obviously face masks are required in just about everywhere you go. Um, there's crowd limits in certain places, museums and shops, that sort of thing. And just generally, Jim, there were just fewer people in town. 
you know, there, what I noticed is that there's a lot of vehicular traffic going through Astoria, people going out to the coast, down 101, but there wasn't a lot of foot traffic on the sidewalks. And the experiences I talked to from some of the shop owners, they told me the same thing. Summer just hasn't been quite as busy as they're used to it being, you know, in normal years. Yeah, I mean, uh, this trip to Astoria here is reminiscent of whatever you're going to get going to probably most of these uh, more tourism-centric cities and towns throughout the state, throughout the Northwest. So as we're talking here about maybe what to do in Astoria this time of year, how to handle it during the pandemic, uh, folks, keep in mind that a lot of this stuff probably rings true wherever it is you want to spend the day or wherever it is you want to take a weekend trip. Jamie, all of that considered, we've got face masks. We've got maybe takeout instead of indoor dining. We've got crowd limits indoors, fewer people out and about. Did it still retain the Astoria vibes that you've grown to love? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say because on one hand, yeah, it's the same river going through town. It's the same beaches. It's, you know, the same city. Um, I will say just it, it was just quieter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm used to spending like, say, rainy evenings in Fort George, trying their stouts and their dark beers, you know, looking out at the window. That's what I'm used to. And that's an experience specifically that, you know, I cannot have right now. You know, we, we can't do that. I think it just takes uh, a shifting of, of expectations and a shifting of what you, what you, you know, want to do while you're there. And Jim, one thing I wanted to, to mention too that um, I heard from the Chamber of Commerce there in Astoria is that this is a kind of a fluid situation. So what they're expecting is that, you know, while there haven't been a whole lot of closures of restaurants and businesses in Astoria so far, this fall and winter, they're expecting it to be a lot more difficult for local business owners there. Because, I mean, if you're not having a whole lot of foot traffic in the summer, you're not going to get any foot traffic in the fall and the winter. So we might be seeing some of our beloved places start to close up here, either seasonally or even permanently. But what the Chamber of Commerce told me is that they expect new businesses to take place of those old ones. And while you may be losing some of your favorite restaurants, those restaurant owners might just be putting their energy into opening up a new establishment. So for example, um, Baked Alaska, which is one of the most popular and best loved restaurants in Astoria, closed permanently earlier this spring due to the pandemic and these sort of ensuing economic issues there. But the owners of Baked Alaska turned around and they opened up a new takeout breakfast spot called Next with a K and an S in it. Mm. Um, and so it, it's like they're, they're not gone. Baked Alaska isn't there. That big, huge dining room on the pier is not there. And that's sad. But those owners are creating something different. And that's what I've been told Astoria is maybe sort of looking at for the future is that there's going to be kind of a turnover and that while it might look different this fall and this winter, and it might look different next summer, even it's still going to be there. And it's still going to have that same kind of charm and that same vibe that people are used to getting when they go out there. I like it. And the takeout breakfast spot sounds right up my alley. I'm all about that. Right. Uh, this uh, reinvention of cities and towns, again, happening all over the place, but I'm interested to get kind of a rundown here, Jamie, on 
what it is you walked away with story-wise from your trip to Astoria. That's just terrible. I, we should, uh, <laughs> nice I would say we should cut it, but guess what? Uh, there's no way you guys are going to let me get get away with that. So alas, I'm sure we'll keep it in. No cuts <laughs> to my terrible ramble here, my attempt at a transition. But you wrote uh, a story published this past weekend called The 20 Best Things to Do in Astoria. And uh, it is what it sounds like. But Jamie, a little twist uh, during the COVID era. Why don't you give us a little bit of a skinny? I don't know. Let's start with uh, I want to go to Astoria. And during the day, I want to get outside and be active. What would you recommend this time of year? I think that the best um, outdoor attraction, the best hiking trail, if you want to be more active in Astoria, is the Fort to Sea Trail. Um, this is just a, a fantastic hiking trail on the coast. It's, I think, one of the best long-distance day hikes uh, you can do on the coast. So it runs from the Lewis and Clark National Historical Park, where uh, originally Lewis and Clark Expedition had built Fort Clatsop to spend um, what they said was a really miserable, rainy winter. Um, but now the, there's a hiking trail that runs from that fort to um, the ocean at Sunset Beach. And it's about six and a half miles each way. Um, so that's about a 13-mile journey if you're going to go out and back. Um, of course, some people like to put, um, if you have two cars, you can put one at either end. Mm-hmm. Um, you could always try to call an Uber, I suppose, as well, um, you know, or, you know, some kind of ride share. Uh, you could do that, but I, I went ahead and just hiked the whole thing and just had a really nice sort of long day hike. And what I love about this hike, Jim, is that it starts off in kind of that, you know, foggy coastal forest and it runs downhill and opens up into some of that sort of sprawling uh, farmland out there. And then it crosses some of these open fields where you can find cattle. There's some farmland. Um, and eventually off into some of that sandier area across some ponds and some rivers and opens up finally out at the ocean. And I think one of the things about hiking that long and then having the ocean just appear in front of you, it's just a magical experience. It really is. Magical experience. You, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the car shuttle option there, mm-hmm. Jamie, being able to cover effectively twice the ground that you otherwise would, uh, or, you know, not having to hike twice as far to see the same things, uh, especially if you've got maybe two groups of people, one wants to hang out in town, maybe see some attractions around Astoria, and one group of folks wants to, you know, work up an appetite, let's say, and go on a hike. Uh, you can satisfy everyone's curiosity and keep your mileage pretty reasonable. I'm a fan. Exactly. And I think, you know, it too, you have a group of people who maybe some people want to do that hike and some people want to just hang out at the beach. You can say, okay, the beach folks drive to Sunset Beach. We'll meet you there in a couple hours. And, you know, we can all drive back together. You know, I think that works really really well for that situation. Yeah. And, and you listed in this story, Jamie, the best beach. What do you got? Yeah. Well, I mean, Fort Stevens State Park is pretty much most of the beach in this area. Um, and it's a really nice, long, sprawling beach. But, um, you know, I think one of my favorite access points, my favorite, you know, sections of beach within Fort Stevens, I mean, it's got to be the shipwreck, uh, yeah. the Peter Iredale shipwreck. You, you just can't beat having that really cool structure there, that photo opportunity. 
And that area also has a, you know, a really nice bathroom there in, you know, right in the dunes, right off the parking lot. So, I, I mean, it's just a really cool spot to be, to go onto the beach, whether you're walking, um, you can drive onto the beach there if you want. Uh, there's, there's just a lot you can do right there. Convenient, about as scenic as it gets, you know, hit, hitting a sunset behind the shipwreck. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, Let's be honest, we've all seen that photo, but we all also want to take that photo, right? Uh, <laughs> like everyone wants to go and get it for themselves. It's just a cool, cool spot and kind of a uniquely Oregon setup. You know, I'm sure there's other options for a similar photo op somewhere else, a similar sunset somewhere else, but I haven't seen it. I've only seen ours. So it's kind of neat. I love too that you can walk to that beach from the campground, um, yeah. from most of the campground. So, you know, I've, I've done this before in the winter where I get the yurt at Fort Stevens and, you know, you get a nice big full moon rising maybe. And you can go out there on the beach under that bright full moon and see the shipwreck. And it's just a beautiful experience to, to go out there, especially when you get into the fall and winter time to experience that nighttime at the beach. You know, I know it's not as popular as the sun and hanging out, um, that time of day, but, I love that kind of twilight hour out on the beach. Maybe the, the tide is out. Um, it's just a beautiful experience. Yeah, I know how you love that. Uh, the coast is your spot, Jamie. That's it. Um, if you had to pick one spot, uh, I'm curious where you would descend for perhaps a drink and a meal. It's so hard to pick one, you know, and there's so many good spots. That's why we're eat. limiting it right now. Oh, man. You know, I, I've got to go with along with everybody else and go to Bowie Beer Company. Yeah, It's just, I mean, the food is good. The beer is excellent. And the scenery at Bowie is just a showstopper. So so lay it on me here. Uh, what What's kind of the vivid visual of uh, the Bowie dining room here? I mean, when I, mean, I should say that right now during the pandemic, the dining room, the indoor dining room is closed. But yes. when it was open, you have these... Um, really big glass windows that look out on right onto the Columbia River. So Bowie is, is built onto the pier on the edge of the Columbia River there in Astoria. And uh, you basically are looking out at, you know, pretty much just before the mouth of the Columbia. It's it's the river is really big and wide. Uh, the sky is big. The, the You've got the sort of green hills across the way. And right now during the pandemic, what they're doing is doing deck seating only. And some of those uh, seats are on the side of the the building, which doesn't give you quite as good a view. But if you go at the right time and the crowds are a little bit less, um, like I went around right around sunset, around, you know, six or seven o'clock. And I was able to get a uh, space to myself and just watch sunset from the back deck of Bowie over the Columbia River. You can see just a piece of the Astoria Megler Bridge out there t- um, to the west as well. And it's just a stunningly beautiful spot to feel the breeze in your face, have a beer, have a meal. It was, it's just, a, I think, one of the best, I think, most scenic restaurants in Oregon. And I think among brew pubs in Oregon, it, it's got to be among the most scenic places you can go. Oh, yeah, for sure. I maybe, maybe toss Pelican in there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Jamie, so I, I want to circle back to maybe how to plan a weekend trip to the lovely city of Astoria. But first, we're going to take a quick break. All right, folks, we are back talking about 
what to do in the lovely city of Astoria, especially during COVID times, how things might be a little bit different. Jamie recently traveled to Astoria for a story that was published last weekend, talking about the best things to do there right now. And as such, we're going to set up the second half of the show here to plan a hypothetical two-night trip to Astoria. So, Jamie, it's not like he just did this or anything, but, <laughs> you know, if uh, if you were to structure a trip, let's say, let, let, let's walk through it here. We're going to leave work right at five o'clock on a Friday, coming from Portland, because that's where you and I both are. We're going to buzz out US 30. We're going to hit Astoria right around dinner time. Pick it up from here, Jamie. What should we get into? I mean, I think you got to get dinner, of course, in town because there's so many good places to do that. Um, so, I mean, like we mentioned Bowie already as a place to go eat. Um, of course, you also have uh, Fort George Brewery, which is another great brewing area. You have um, Bow Picker Fish and Chips if you want to get a quick dinner. Uh, you know, there's lots of good restaurants all around town for some more fine dining, the Silver Salmon Grill. There's a lot of food carts now in Astoria as well. So, I mean, you can really take your pick of whatever kind of food you want. There's something for you in Astoria if you want to get a quick dinner or if you want to sit down and have something nice. The big question I think a lot of people have is where am I going to stay? There's a lot of good camping options if you want to do that. But I honestly, Jim, I really like to stay in the city itself because when you stay at some of these little hotels in downtown Astoria, you can walk pretty much anywhere you want to go. There's yeah. so many things to do and see, um, eat and drink that are all within walking distance of some of these hotels. And personally, I'm a big fan of uh, the Norblad Hotel and the Commodore Hotel, um, which are both sort of refurbished by the same company. And they offer just like really uh, reasonably uh, priced rooms, which I feel like I don't see all the time. You know, yeah, you can get a room bad. at the Norblad for like 65 bucks and it's a nice, they, they sort of focus on these minimalist room designs and they do have um, shared bathrooms. I'll say that. So if that's something you don't feel comfortable with, um, you know, some of them, not all of the rooms have shared bathrooms, but that's a way to keep costs down. Um, these are like single use bathrooms that are just, you know, shared amongst people who are staying in the same area on the same floor. So, I mean, that, that's a way to sort of keep those costs down. Like I said, um, mm -hmm. But if you're looking for something affordable and convenient, some of those hotels right there, like the Norblad and the Commodore, you can't do much better than that. And and did you did you grab a hotel during your most recent trip or did you camp? I did. No, I stayed at the Commodore this time. Um, last time in town, I stayed at the Norblad. And so I figured I'd stay at the Commodore this time. And it was an interesting experience. It's the first time I've stayed in a hotel during the pandemic. Ah. Um, so it was interesting, you know, wearing face masks in the common areas and in the hallways. Um, you know, remembering to put my mask on before I went out to use the bathroom, for example. Um, and it was a pretty quiet experience. You know, the, a lot of these hotels originally designed with like these common areas where people can hang out and play games or listen to music. And I didn't see a lot of people utilizing those areas, I think for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the hotels are still operating. Um, you know, the room was clean and it was, you know, nice. You know, I think the one thing to think about is that because places are closed earlier in the night um, due to some of the restrictions right now, the state is putting on some bars and restaurants. Um, and because a lot of places are just, you know, closed in different days of the week, I ended up spending a lot more time in my hotel room than I was used to. 
And I think if I had thought about that, I might have splurged for a little bit of a bigger room. You know, so the, the room I had was small, um, not like a lot of seating or anything like that. And then mm-hmm. the couch, you know, designed for people to spend the night in, but to spend most of their time out in the town itself. And it's been great previously when I've been able to do that. But in this situation, I found myself kind of claustrophobic, just like sitting in the hotel room and spending like, you know, most of the evening in there because I, I couldn't really go anywhere else. I mean, that's fair. Something I guess I wouldn't have probably considered. You know, I haven't done any overnight trips to the city, if you will, during COVID times. I, you know, you and I both are big into camping and getting away from it all. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely a consideration, right? If you would have otherwise maybe spent uh, a good number of hours in the evening, uh, you know, cozied up to your favorite bar or out enjoying a, a patio under the moon. Alas, that's probably not what's going down right now. So something to consider when booking your hotel. I, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I guess my genuine curiosity is aside from, you know, maybe feeling a, a little bit uh, on the cramped side in your, you know, by choice, a little bit smaller of a room. How did it feel to be in kind of a naturally shared space, which is a <laughs> hotel right now? I, you know, I was a little uncomfortable at first, just mm-hmm. kind of uneasy around there being other people. But honestly, I didn't, I didn't run into very many other people at all. You know, I didn't run into folks in the hallway. I didn't have any trouble, you know, running into people in the, in the bathroom. Um, you know, I was there on, you know, a sort of a, a weekday, so it might be a little bit different on a busier weekend, um, especially if it's around some kind of occasion or holiday, um, you know, but I think in general, I felt pretty comfortable with it and uh, it took a little getting used to, but um, in the end, it, it it wasn't as uncomfortable as I had feared it might be. I'll say that. I like it. I like it. So uh, you take your pick of hotel. Let's bump mm-hmm. back into our, our weekend narrative here. Got your pick of a hotel. Uh, you maybe found a spot to go for dinner. Um, we've woken up the next morning and we're ready, rip roaring for a day of outdoor excursions, whether around Astoria or in the surrounding area. We already talked a little hiking. Um, maybe what are some attractions, some stuff you'd go see? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it and say, Jim, before you leave town and Ooh. before you head out. All right. First thing in the morning, you got to stop by Blue Scorcher Bakery and Cafe. Uh, Blue Scorcher is is in the sort of lower level of the Fort George Brewing Building, uh, and it is a fabulous bakery. They make scratch-made pastries. They make breads, pies. You can get a breakfast. You can get lunch. It is, I think, one of the standout small-town bakeries in Oregon, and it's just a must-stop um, grab your coffee, grab a pastry, grab a little bit, little bit of breakfast to go even. And I think that's your first stop right there. So go to Blue Scorcher, get yourself some food. And I think from there, I mean, the world is your oyster. But I think what a lot of people like to do is to head out to Fort Stevens. Um, Jim, a few years ago when I did the um, a list of the best state parks in Oregon, went around to a bunch of them and decided to put them um, put together in a ranked list, Fort Stevens was number one. And for, I think, the the really simple reason of there's a lot to do there and a lot of different mm-hmm. things to do there. 
you know, you like we said, you can go out to the shipwreck and that's a great spot for photos to spend some time at the beach. There's a lot of other quiet beaches you can go to. There's some wildlife viewing areas. I've seen, you know, bald eagles and lots of other uh, animals and, and birds there at the mouth of the Columbia River. There's the jetty out into the Columbia that you can see. And then there's also the historic site. So Fort Stevens being at the mouth of the river, there were a lot of old military batteries. So these concrete structures, they would put machine guns and various kinds of artillery. They date back to the Civil War and were also used in World War II. So if you have any history buffs in your family or any military buffs, Mm -hmm. this is a great spot. You got to check it out. You know, it's a really, really interesting place. So between all of this, I mean, there's places to hike and places to bike. You can really spend an entire day at Fort Stevens if you want. Um, you know, there's a lot of other places to go and we can talk about those too. But if you're just looking for like one place to go to, to, you know, maybe appease everyone who you're with, Fort Stevens is the way to go. Yeah. I'm all about that one-stop shopping, right? Mm -hmm. The, The chance to just, all right, kids get in the car, friends get in the car, significant other get in the car, whoever you might be traveling with or if you're by yourself, let's be honest, we've all done it, oh, hop yeah. in the car and you don't have to move around a bunch during the day uh, in terms of, you know, charting out destination to destination. You've got it all right there and a good mix of things, too. It's not just a place where you're going to go hike all day long or just wander this stretch of beach and that's your only activity. You've got a variety and uh, you probably said it but something to appease pretty much everyone in your party. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and of course, that's kind of the the outdoor recreation um, mm-hmm. side of things a lot. And of course, there's a lot of people who aren't uh, as interested in the outdoors as maybe you and I are or some other people are. You know, so I think there's a that's the thing about a story. There's also a lot of things you can do attraction wise that can fill up either part of a day or a whole day in and of itself. So one of the things I love about that um, is that there's uh, several different attractions and a couple different really good museums in Astoria. So I think that the one that people look at um, primarily is the Columbia River Maritime Museum, which is a big sprawling space. And it looks at the lower Columbia River and goes through some of the people who have lived there from Native Americans who were inhabiting this land originally to some of the white settlements, the um, fishing industry, the Coast Guard, how the, the Columbia Bar is considered the graveyard of the Pacific because there's been so many shipwrecks there. It, you can really spend a couple hours walking through their museum, and it's a really fascinating spot. But I also want to shout out the uh, Oregon Film Museum. Uh, Jim, let me ask you this. Have you seen The Goonies? Oh, man. If I hadn't have seen The Goonies, <laughs> there'd be some like major Oregon cred problems. Uh, I I will say it's been a long time, but yes, I have seen the Goonies. And keep in mind, uh, you know, this doesn't come up on the podcast very often, if ever, but the answer when someone asks me, have you seen whatever is almost always no. Almost <laughs> always. I am known, you know, in the days where we were in the newsroom, we were in the office, uh, I was just known as an absolute pop culture, the opposite of an aficionado. Movies, pop culture, not my thing. But yes, I've seen The Goonies. Anyway, tangent over. What do you got? <laughs> well, anyone who's seen The Goonies um, will probably recognize the jailhouse from the opening scene. You know, the the jailbreak scene and the car chase. And that jailhouse now is home to the Oregon Film Museum. Oh, that's cool. Which 
has they have a bunch of props from the Goonies as well as some interactive movie sets where people can go make their own, you know, their own little films. There's a screening room. It's a really cool spot. I will say it, it's a little small. I was speaking to um, the organization that, that manages the spot. And what they're saying is that in the future, they're trying to buy a nearby building and hmm. expand a space to show off some of the movie props they have from some of the other famous filmed in Oregon movies, you know, because we've had Stand By Me, Kindergarten Cop. Um, I mean, all kinds of places have filmed in Astoria and around Oregon. So they have a lot of those props in hand. But right now, the Oregon Film Museum pretty much operates as a Goonies museum. So mm-hmm. if you want to see some of the famous props, you know, the the jacket, um, you know, all kinds of different stuff, the treasure, um, you can see that and that old jailhouse in downtown Astoria. I love it. So by this point, right, let's say we've either picked some downtown attractions or we've gone out to Fort Stevens. We've probably gone straight through lunch. But Jamie, hit me with maybe round two of your meal recommendations either for lunchtime or, man, we went all the way to dinner and we're starving. Got to get the best meal I've ever had right at this very instant. What do you got? You know, we've talked about the breweries, about Fort George and Bowie. And I think that, you know, when we're looking for that quick bite, you can't go wrong with the bow picker. Um, This is one of the, I think, most famous fish and chip spots on the Oregon coast. It is um, based out of an old gillnet boat that is propped up on the sidewalk in Astoria and they serve really simple. They serve albacore, tuna, fried with French fries. That is it. So it means their line moves pretty fast and you can get it. And it is, it is, um, not my like number one fish and chip spot, but it is definitely up there in like the top five fish and chip spots in Oregon. So, I mean, it's a great spot to go there. There's some picnic tables there to eat. Um, a lot of people end up eating, you know, in their cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or you can take it back to, you know, wherever you're, you're staying. Um, that I think is, is my number one go-to quick bite. And the other one I, I'd recommend is Custard King. Um, if you've driven through a story, it's kind of hard to miss it. They've got the big neon ice cream cone with a Custard King right underneath of it. And it's just a little spot. They serve, again, real simple. They serve burgers, they serve fries, and they serve custard. That is pretty much their thing. So you can get a nice juicy cheeseburger, um, you can get a custard and ice cream cone or in a sundae or in a milkshake. I mean, especially on a nice day, if it's sunny and it's warm, you can't go wrong with a burger and custard. I mean, come on. I, I would argue, uh, Jamie, that you really can't go wrong with that kind of menu at any point, <laughs> any time ever. Uh, another perhaps known uh, fact, but definitely not uh, something I've talked about a lot on the podcast is ice cream is basically an all day, any day kind of food <laughs> in my book. Uh, I am a big ice cream fan and I would have to say that this is right up my alley and, uh, I'll make note. I have not been there, but I will make note to give it a shot next time I'm in Astoria. I, I gotta say it's good. It is super good. I got a big, tall vanilla cone last time I was there and uh, just walked through town with it. And I made it maybe like a few blocks with that ice cream <laughs> cone, <laughs> but it was, it was gone by the time I got back to my hotel. I'll tell you that. Custard King. I like it. Jamie, any last words, any final recommendation for the next morning as we wrap things up here? Yeah, I think a, a perfect spot if you're heading out of town or even if you're just getting into town for the first time, a quick stop is the Astoria column. 
This is, I think, one of the most iconic landmarks in Astoria, maybe aside from the shipwreck. It is a 125-foot-tall column that was erected in 1926 on top of a hill overlooking Astoria. So right now, you can't climb up on the inside of the column because of the pandemic, but you can still get a really good view at the base of it um, because that hill overlooks the Astoria-Megler Bridge. From there, you can see the mouth of the Columbia. You can see the Pacific Ocean. You can see some mountains on a clear day. It is just a really, really gorgeous spot to soak in the scenes of Astoria. So if you're leaving town that night, that last morning, it's a nice spot to look over all you did while you were there Mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of let those memories soak in a little bit. I'll also, while we're talking about the column, I'll give a quick shout out to the cathedral tree. Um, This is a a really old, like 300 year old tree that's right there at the column. So if you're in the parking lot, there's a little trailhead on the Northeast side that leads just half a mile to this old tree. So definitely check that out while you're at the column. It's a super cool, additional, big, tall thing to go look at while you're there. I like it. I like it, Jamie. little dose of nature in with your in-town attractions. Uh, all this sounds pretty good. It all sounds reasonably COVID-friendly. Uh, you know, COVID-era friendly, I guess, would maybe be a better way to put it. But uh you know, always the disclaimers for folks to be mindful when they're traveling, come prepared, have backup plans, the whole deal. We've said it a million times on the podcast here. But Jamie, I just lived for a half an hour vicariously through your trip <laughs> to Astoria. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I'll say just on that COVID note real quick, too. You know, I know a lot of people are nervous about traveling to places and concerned about whether or not these small towns want visitors to come. I ask this specifically to everyone I talk to in Astoria, and they all pretty much said the same thing. They said, look, we want people to come, but we also want people to, you know, abide by the rules, wear your face mask, you know, be safe. So if you can follow that, come on out and support these local businesses in what's going to be, I think, a really difficult couple of seasons coming up here. I like it, Jamie. Well, I'd say it's probably about time to wrap up for now, but... Until next week, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating or review. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>